0: There's definitely a bunch of depth when it comes to the, to the multi-country compared to some of the other solutions that we've seen. And that's pretty apparent to see. And, and the other thing that was really apparent, one of the places I've kind of learned by participating in, in these sessions is, you know, taking a look at the, the, the case studies that they have. And it's very clear to see when you start to dig into the case studies where this product is gonna be a fit.
1: Here is your host, Sam Gupta.
2: Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the WBS podcast. I'm Sam Gupta, your host and principal consultant at independent ERP and digital transformation consulting firm Elevate IQ. If Infor is the largest ERP vendor that no one knows about, SAP Business by Design is the product from the largest ERP vendor that no one knows about. Some even doubt if there is any future for the product. The SAP resellers like to cannibalize products from their own portfolio in the hope of getting much higher license dollars from customers, even if it means that they might feel overwhelmed with the larger product. So does SAP even care for SAPs? If they do, have they done anything to change the image of SAP business by design? So... What are the core reasons why SAP Business by Design never got any traction when SAP Business One was a massively successful product In today's episode we invited a panel of industry experts for a live discussion on LinkedIn to conduct an independent review of SAP Business by Design's capabilities we covered many grounds including its depth in finance audit trail configuration management and project Centric businesses. Finally, we discussed the reasons why SAP Business by Design does not receive as much traction as some of the other SAP products. SAP's commitment to the product and recent development for the product portfolio. With that, let's get to the conversation. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's show. And if you're joining for the first time, this is part of our industry series for which we meet every Tuesday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern, and we pick one vendor or the solution that we review independently. And for today, we have a very exciting, but not so well-known solution that we are going to be reviewing. It's called SAP Business by Design. We are going to have a lot of fun. Before we do that, we are going to start with everybody's intros. I am going to start with my intro. I am Sam Gupta. I am principal at Elevate IQ. Elevate IQ is the independent ERP and digital uh, transformation consulting firm. I've been in the ERP space for roughly 20 years and have seen it all when it comes to uh, most ERP systems out there. And SAP business has been a key uh, you know, player overall in this space. On that note, I am going to move to Dave for his intro.
0: Thanks, Sam. Hi, everybody. My name is Dave Chrysler, and I own an operations consulting company working with leaders in the manufacturing space to help them systemize their business and achieve operational excellence. And I come to you today with more than 20 years uh, in manufacturing operations uh, with P&L responsibility for several different facilities and uh, some ERP implementations along the way. So excited to be here. Thanks, Sam.
2: Amazing. Thank you so much for being here, Dave. Andy, can I ask you to introduce yourself next?
3: Absolutely. Uh, My name is Andy Pratico. I've uh, been involved in ERP software for manufacturers, small to mid-sized manufacturers mostly, for four decades, which is a long time. I've worked all over North America. I've worked with over a thousand manufacturers in my career. And I've also published a book on how to select ERP software. So hopefully that'll help a few folks out there. Thank you very much, Sam.
2: Okay, amazing. Thank you so much for being here, Andy. Sneha, can I ask you to introduce yourself next?
4: Yes, absolutely. Thanks, Sam. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. I am a supply chain leader with about 10 plus years uh, working in supply chain. So when I say supply chain, that's a lot of stuff. So procurement to demand planning, to inventory management, to warehouse management, reverse logistics and all of good all of that good stuff in manufacturing and home automation industries and ERPs has been part of my journey all these years. Um, and have been part in uh, module implementations and some of the ERP implementations. So definitely looking forward to this one and learning from the experts here. Thank you for having me.
2: Okay, amazing. Thank you so much for being here, Isneha. And uh, before we start the briefing, if you guys are in the audience and joining for the first time, make sure you guys uh, comment and send your questions. Typically, we try to cover during the show. Our panelists are going to be looking at your questions. And if you cannot get to them during the show, we'll make sure that you get your answers after the show. On that note, I am going to start with our briefing for today. So uh, when I said uh, you know SAP Business By Design is not well known, that is a fact. Okay, it is really not well known. Okay, even inside the SAP ecosystem, if you ask anybody, they will not be able to tell you which of this product is. And even if they might know uh, about the product, they might not position it as one of the potential solutions because in the SAP ecosystem as well, there is a little fear whether this product is going to survive or not. So we are going to look at all of the uh, factors, where the product is, number of installations, and whether SAP is committed. We are going to be looking at the roadmap as well. By the way, if you look at the product, this is one of the most mature cloud product SAP has had. Okay, especially if you look at the complete product from the operational perspective. Obviously, SAP is very strong from the finance perspective. Uh, SAP is really designed from that CFO perspective, and I don't know a solution that is going to be as strong uh, from the finance perspective. Uh, you know, especially if you have. Uh, the SOX compliance needs, or if you are a public company and you really uh, need to hammer down your finance for the public company, that's where uh, SAP really shines. That's where you are going to have a lot of different feature sets, and we are going to review all of that. But uh, SAP traditionally was a very on-prem company. Even if you look at the number of workloads today, uh, I don't know how many are really transferred to cloud. Obviously, there has been a little hesitation in terms of moving to cloud, SAP is growing aggressively. We saw that when we reviewed SAP, you know, cloud footprint, when I say growing aggressively, meaning their cloud footprint is growing very aggressively uh, as well. But overall, if you look at the their workloads, they are going to be far larger overall. So it does take time in getting those workloads moved to the cloud. Uh, if you compare the cloud maturity of three different products that they have, So obviously, the flagship product is going to be SAP S4 HANA, the second product, which is SAP Business by Design, and the third product is SAP Business One. SAP S4 HANA is always gets the most attention because obviously that's the flagship product and that's the biggest one. Uh, And, you know, most of the Fortune 500, Fortune 1000 companies are probably going to have that because when you get into that enterprise space, there are not many uh, solutions out there that can really perform at that scale uh now sap business one is very well penetrated product as well okay they have much bigger ecosystem overall for that product for some reason sap business by design never picked that traction uh, primarily because number one it was cloud and sap resellers sap is primarily sold through reseller community they were never sort of comfortable with cloud i don't know if they are comfortable as of today uh, and that's probably the reason why sap struggled a little bit uh, overall in terms of its cloud journey and that could be one of the reason why sap business by design did not get as much attention as some of the other products but uh, you know overall from the product perspective one of the things that we have noticed when we reviewed sap that sap products are one of the when I say they are designed really well from the from the product architecture perspective because it's actually done in one piece. You are not going to feel very patchy architecture. Let's say if you review products like NetSuite, or if you review uh, you know some of the other products that actually grew through acquisition, they will feel very patchy when you move from screen to screen. That is something you are not going to see. When you are going to review any of the SAP products and SAP Business by Design is not an exception. Uh, typically, SAP Business by Design is positioned for companies that are not going to be too small, but they are not going to be too large uh, as well. So their positioning is somewhere $30-ish million and then up to $250-ish million. Uh, it is very well localized and globalized. In a lot of different countries so you are going to see that very rich multi-entity functionality built as part of sap business by design but when you look at the product it does not have as much operational functionality and that is always a challenge with most sap products because they are very rich from the finance perspective but they are not as operationally rich when you are going to get into the nitty-gritty of the, let's say, if you are talking about manufacturing, them, okay, then you would require tons and tons of add-ons uh, before this product can work for those businesses. Now, uh, I don't know if I covered everything that we typically cover <laughs> from the briefing perspective, Dave, Andy, Steha, any comments? Uh,
3: just a quick comment. You uh, you were mentioning how you know, the SAP S4 HANA is a flagship, and the SAP Business One is very, very popular. For the smaller companies you're right i I rarely hear about business by design i actually competed against them about 10 years ago in edmonton and i know the company bought that package but they were more project management than they were manufacturing so that makes sense uh and but then again there's another company here in british columbia uh, called dynamic attraction they manufacture roller coasters and again, that's very project oriented, but they went with the Infor product. So those are about the only two times that I really can really ran across Business by Design probably in the last 20 years.
2: Yeah, I am going to have to agree with that assessment. And the reason for that is because most of the SAP partners, they like to position SAP S4 HANA, even if they might have SAP Business by Design in their bag, even wraps, because for them, it's going to be much higher license dollars. So they don't really like to position SAP Business By Design as the potential product, even if it means the product may be super overwhelming for a lot of business, when they might not be ready for SAP s 4 Ana, they will still not pitch SAP Business By Design. So that's 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 the problem uh, in the SAP ecosystem. Uh, uh, I,
3: I think they- SAP Business By Design really was the first web-enabled ERP or, or SaaS you know, sold, it's amazing how early it was in the, you know, offered and how little traction has gotten, actually.
2: Exactly. If you look at the operational maturity of the product, to be honest, uh, even today, I would say overall cloud footprint, I'm not talking about on-prem, okay? Even if you look at S4 HANA, as well as SAP Business One, SAP Business One cloud really does not have much, to be honest, okay? It's really very lean, the reason why SAP Business One got so much traction is because all of these companies have very thick IP built on top of that and they are trying to sell their product and SAP is hardly gaining anything out of that. Okay, that's why they are incentivized to sell SAP Business One <laughs> far more than any other products because that's how they make money. So they are really, really incentivized to do that. SAP Business by design, it was always slightly harder development and it, in the SAP ecosystem, you didn't really have that architectural maturity, and the partners felt that, you know what, uh, it's just too constraining for me to be able to develop on top of uh, SAP Business by Design, because now SAP wants everybody to follow those architectural guidelines, so they cannot really do a lot of things that they could do in case of SAP Business One. So some of the things that partners are known to do in the SAP Business One space is they will develop their add-on, and there was sort of the device license. Uh, you know, that they could utilize to be able to communicate with SAP Business One. So companies didn't need to buy as many licenses as they would, <laughs> let's say if you did be named license, right? So again, it was very, very, very driven by partners, right? So that's why SAP Business One got so much traction, uh, because it always had very, very, very thick IP overall, uh, you know, that was available in the market, and every partner was really incentivized to sell that, and SAP did not really have, control on their own channel, to be honest. So here, if you look at the overall UI, you will feel that this is really the cloud-native product, and it really is cloud-native product, and it is designed, uh, you know, for the cloud-native architecture, and you are going to get similar feel as you are going to review either Plex or Acumatica. Those products really feel, or in fact, I mean, QAD, to be honest. I mean, I got very good feel. IFS is another one. Uh, if you look at those products, you get really, really rich feel of the cloud native architecture. So uh, as you can see, uh, you know, the menu structure is very organized. Uh, and uh, one of the things that SAP Business by Design, they could do is the whole analytics piece that is very strong. Now you can probably find this in other products as well, such as Acimatica. But to be able to do this kind of analytics, you really require that database fire firepower. And some people feel that, you know, what HANA is meaningless, Uh, you know, it's just a marketing hype. it's not as powerful as uh, claimed by SAP. But if you look at the kind of competition that SAP Business by Design can do, it's primarily because of, uh, you know, that HANA power, if you are doing the similar competition, at least in our experience, when we do in other products, they feel really sluggish and slow. For example, let's say if I do the same thing in Business Central, Business Central has similar cloud native look and feel, (laughs) but queries such as these feel really slow, even though, again, it's running on Microsoft and you would think that Microsoft is probably going to have similar capabilities overall from database footprint perspective, but the product overall feels very slow uh, in general when you try to use that. Um, so here this is the same pivot table that you are probably going to find in case of academica so this is not really differentiated to be honest i mean a lot of companies can do that uh, but here the way you can really analyze and do the pivot table uh, include different objects that definitely uh, you know is going to be useful for a lot of companies that are really strong in those financial processes now this is the this is something that you are not going to find in any other Systems, and which is called the whole audit trail, the way your transaction is going to move from your sales order to purchase order to outbound delivery to customer invoice, uh, you know, this is available at every single business object. Uh, And again, this is very specific to SAP. And the reason why other systems or companies cannot do this is because, again, you require far deeper firepower overall. From the database perspective, and unless you have the power of HANA, uh, doing this is is extremely, extremely hard. And by the way, not only you have the the whole audit trail, and by the way, this is a very simple scenario. Uh, You could have extremely, extremely complex scenario, and the whole audit trail is going to be right there at your fingertips, meaning an order can go through several different corrections and then reconciliation, then returns. It may split in. 10 different lines or orders or whatever so all of those changes are going to be at one place and when you are working in a very complex finance organization you require the traceability at your fingertips otherwise your uh, lead times are going to increase whether you talk about cash collection whether you talk about customer service so i personally am a big fan of the whole audit trail i have not seen this audit trail in any other system so far that I have seen, sure, they are going to claim that they have a little bit, but it's never as natural as uh, what I have personally seen in the SAP products. Uh, the other thing that is really unique uh, is the physical invoice or the physical document. So when you are going to have physical document, it's really the click of what and the way it renders, it, it feels very natural if you look at their videos uh, on YouTube. Okay, other companies, they are going to have let's say they are doing either the crystal report or some other uh, proprietary report format that they are trying to render it almost takes a minute okay you will see a spinner when your uh, you know report is going to be rendered but in case of sap again everything is at one place and your physical documents are going to be right there as well and that speed again maybe it's because of hana but you are going to feel that only in case of uh, sap products and this is the uh, invoice that is part of the same workflow that you are going to see. So again, the, what I personally like about this one is going to be the speed with which you can really render these documents and you can find at one pl- place that is very hard in, in other systems.
4: This whole uh, flow, uh, Sam, sorry to interrupt, uh, was yeah. so useful and specifically, you know, uh, being in manufacturing, say if we add um, some last minute changes to our bomb or some ECR changes. And if I am able to track on what happened, that traceability is so important. And if it, you know, this layout of seeing it seamlessly, right. All of this docked in one screen is amazing user experience that one can have.
2: Exactly. And by the way, this experience is going to start from your CRM until your finance. So this is end to end. It's not just the, just the manufacturing and production. Uh, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of systems might be able to do just the production (laughs) just because that's easier. But here you're talking about end to end work.
4: Exactly. And exactly why it's so important to tie the ends. Uh,
2: Okay. so here now look at the complexity of the financial workflow and the way the finance workflow is structured. I mean, if you review any other ERP systems, they are probably not going to have all of this. And a lot of you are going to wonder, do companies really need, okay? They do. Okay. When you talk about the sophisticated <laughs> financial organization, okay, if you're talking about $10 million company, that is not really, they don't really have the audit process or the structured uh, finance process, they are probably not going to need this. But when you are talking about the global, Company that is going to have very deep financial processes. They are going to have, and by the way, if you need to comply with GDPR, uh, you know, SOX compliance, depending upon how many different regulatory compliance you have, you might have all of those approval processes uh, and these steps. And that's where things get really tricky. Uh, Doing this uh, in other systems is extremely difficult. So, here what we are looking at is really the period and closing. And you can look at the number of steps and the number of people involved. Uh, In closing that, you can literally have the due date. It almost feels as if if this is the WBS for finance, to be honest. (laughs) You are not going to have this kind of structured workflow. And by the way, the uh, SAP is going to have one of the most natural security in, in my mind. And when I say security, I am not talking about IT security. I am talking about financial control and financial security. That's very different overall, how you organize your users, how you organize your rules. Uh, how you design your approval workflow, who's going to see what and who's going to do what. Um, Typically, in a lot of different technical systems, it's really, really hard to do this. But when you have a business system designed for business workflows, this is going to feel very natural, especially for CFOs. And that's why CFOs typically love SAP. Now, uh, this is another unique feature of most SAP products that I have personally not seen in the other ERP systems. Uh, And I find it fascinating. And the reason why I find it fascinating is because when you are going to go to any ERP implementation and you are going to ask them, okay, give me some documentation about what happened here. And here's what you get. You get nothing, okay? (laughs) Because nobody knows what happened with the ERP implementation, and you know, you don't know which uh, currency you configured, how many sites you have, how many warehouses you have. So you need to literally go to your ERP system and figure these things out. Sometimes you get the answer, sometimes you don't get the answer. So documentation of the configuration data is far more meaningful when you are running a financially controlled organization, because when you have really big organization, it's very hard to find these answers. Nobody knows who has these answers, okay? So, SAP, one of the things that they really do well is going to be the configuration is actually built as part of it. And when you complete your configuration, it's almost like that TurboTax feel where you are going to answer 1,000 questions. And then it is actually going to give you a lot of functionality uh, you know, designed for your own needs, the way, whatever you are looking for. And finally, it is actually going to produce the exact summary that you can send to all of the exact reps that, okay. This is what I have configured. Okay, are you okay with that? Now, that piece of functionality and the collaboration during the implementation phase is extremely difficult. And after that, when you have to maintain, it's just a nightmare unless you have some sort of, you know, change control process inside your organization. So I am personally a big fan of this feature inside SAP system. Uh, You know, here you are going to have all of the questions. You are going to have uh, all of the uh, documentation that you are looking for. And finally, uh, you know, the, this is a true multi-entity functionality where you, if you incorporate any country, you get all of the legislation and the tax rules that you are going to need for that specific country. A lot of uh, systems claim that, you know what, I am multi-entity, I am multi-tenant, but they don't really understand what multi-entity and multi-tenant really means. Here, we are really talking about incorporating the legislation of those countries and that's where uh, you know sap systems are really good they are not going to be as strong operationally if you are looking for deep down scheduling functionality deep down (laughs) they probably might not have that because again it's designed for that global experience when you are running a very large company you you need uh, all of that Okay, so here is the, uh, you know, the the sort of the documentation that you get, and this is the exact executive summary. Uh, once you complete your configuration that you can send out to your exact reps. And again, uh, this process is very manual in general with a lot of different ERP implementations. And sometimes it just could be all over the place and this may not exist uh, after the implementation. So I personally like, uh, you know, this being built as part of the product. I have not seen this anywhere else with any other products. Now, this is where the other differentiator is. So obviously, you are not going to find the real uh, deep down manufacturing in this particular case, but what you are going to find is going to be, let's say if you are a project-centric organization or the service-centric organization, and a lot of uh, systems claim that they have the work breakdown structure, they have the project manufacturing functionality, but they don't really have uh, you know the operational aspect of the work breakdown structure. So they will have a lot of things from WBS perspective, uh, just from tracking the cost, the cost codes, the job codes. So project is really the wrapper overall. When you look at uh, the the way the workflow set up in those ERP systems, it's not going to have the operational aspect of the work breakdown structure, meaning you will not be able to schedule your resources. You can do the casting, you can do the analysis, you can do the reporting, but a lot of those systems don't really incorporate the real Microsoft project. (laughs) The way I like to see things is, okay, if I am a project-driven organization and if I'm the project manager, I literally need my Microsoft project inside my ERP. If I don't have that and I am a project-based organization, I cannot do my job. So, so and and by the way, for those professional services centric organization, one of the biggest thing is always going to be the project, because they are a very project driven organization. For example, let's say if you look at distribution, for distribution companies, warehouse is going to be the critical success factor. If you cannot figure out warehouse, <laughs> then the ERP is probably not going to work. Okay? For manufacturing, it's always going to be your bombs. It's always going to be your production floor. If you cannot figure that out, then obviously. It's not going to work for manufacturing. In this particular case, the critical success factor for the service-centric organization and the project-driven organization, it's going to be that project management. how strong that piece is. And that's where business by design really shines.
3: I was, I was just going to say, I, I think what you're alluding to, Sam, is the fact that this is it's got everything that's needed, including project management scheduling, which is very rare in most, most ERP systems.
2: Exactly. Unless it is designed for that. So so every ERP system is designed from a specific perspective. In this particular case, SAP Business by Design is really designed for those project-centric professional services organization. It, it has all the bells and whistles that these organizations are going to need. It's not going to have the bells and whistles that manufacturing organizations are going to need. For example, uh, you know, I don't know if they incorporated the things such as you know, the outside manufacturing, (laughs) business by design didn't used to have that because it's not really a manufacturing system. So it used to struggle with a lot of those things. And if you need to do that, you need to uh, have the add-ons. Sales comp was really basic. So again, uh, you know, because the professional services organization don't really require that. And typically every ERP system is designed from a specific perspective and they typically grow wherever they win most. That's how most systems grow, and the most companies grow. So in this particular case, SAP Business By Design really wins in those project-centric companies and that's why it is really strong there. And that's probably the reason why it is also strong with the other organizations that are going to be very uh, professional services-centric. For example, not-for-profit, not-for-profit requires very deep project management. They require, you know, they require a little bit of uh, your not-for-profit functionality as well. That is going to be your fund accounting, the grant management, all of that. Uh, But on top of that, you require very strong financial. You require very strong project management, uh, you know, because you are going to be running a lot of different programs. So that's where so business by design also shines in in those patches. Uh, Here, if you look at the operational aspect, and again, I am trying to emphasize on the operational aspect uh, of the project management. Here, you literally can establish your milestones and that's a big deal <laughs> again if you look at some of the project based manufacturing systems every system out there is going to claim hey you know what i am designed for hybrid manufacturing i can do my uh, uh, you know make to order make to stock uh, i can do engineer to order and i can do project based management they don't really understand how the wss work to be honest for a very project driven organization and this is how the project driven functionality looks like when you are a project driven organization and that's where business by design is really really strong
4: i literally just wrote that comment um sam what you just said like project-based manufacturing companies will definitely appreciate this like literally exactly. like, before you mentioned that yes amazing so the other thing that Andy
2: is going to appreciate now is going to be something similar that we have been arguing a lot about. Uh, and I don't know if this is close to Andy's expectation. It's very hard to please Andy. Uh, but hopefully today he's going to be pleased. So we are talking about the text items. And text items, when we are looking at, we are, these are the items that are going to be one of the steps in the operations they carry through the, the operations uh and then uh you know they are also going to be sort of the the items that are not going to have the part number but i don't know if this is the same functionality that you can see with the other engineer to order systems yeah i i think it's a lot deeper
3: than that i mean most most er most manufacturing e- centric erp systems especially customer engineer to order are going to be able to do something like that but sam could you extrapolate what, uh, what it is you're specifically mentioning here?
2: Yeah, so I am talking about the uh, – we have been debating overall about, uh, you know, the bombs that are going to have the parts that are not going to have part number. For example, let's say if you talk about in Port Visual – um, you know, in 4 visual has legs and legs are going to be part of the scheduling. It's not going to have your part number and uh, in for visual community in general, they appreciate that piece of functionality a lot. Uh, you know, in my personal experience, I have seen patches where uh, that is probably going to be useful for the engineer to order businesses, but then we have the text items. So I don't know if the text items are going to be similar to what we have in those manufacturing verticals. What does
3: text items mean, Sam?
2: You are not going to require a part number and you can literally check an option as this is a text item. So you don't have to require the part number. Okay. And that actually blows through your your bomb. That goes through your operation. So, you know, everywhere that is going to be available. In my mind, I think this is a similar functionality that a lot of people, uh, you know, talk about that i don't want to create my parts and i want to still have bomb and i i i, I should not be creating ten thousand different inventory items if i don't carry them if i don't stock them and i am simply trying to estimate i am simply trying to schedule so i should be able to do this without my part number and in my mind i think they have introduced the tax items which should be similar to 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 what you typically talk about
3: yeah it's it sounds like uh uh, the, the business by design is taking that, um, you know, I'm not so sure about the ETO part, but the project management all the way through.
2: Okay, so I would definitely like to hear a lot more comments about you know, where you, do you see struggle with the engineer to order? Uh, if there are going to be any challenges, uh, you know, I'm more than happy to hear this. I will so, when I come across them. <laughs> okay, amazing. <laughs> all right, so here, uh, basically the tax bits items, here they are trying to position it as let's say this is just a safety check. I don't know why you would do the safety check as part of this one. Or let's say if you need to add a certificate as part of your, uh, you know, manufacturing process, that typically goes through your quality process. So I don't know why you would do that. In my mind, when I look at the text-based items, my, uh, you know, I, the only place where I would see this being applicable is going to be, when you don't want to create parts just because you don't carry them in the inventory that is the only time i would see the real use of this one the other things such as your quality or the safety must go through your uh, the, the the processes that you have built as part of the system unless you don't have quality in the case of business by design business by design definitely has quality very strong quality component well th- this
3: is uh, pointing out that such as adding a certificate or ensuring transportation safety like hazmat or something like that wouldn't those just be attachments to the inventory file inventory master
2: yeah or
3: the or the production flow uh, master
2: so typically if you have any sort of user action as part of that meaning you want their confirmation about a specific process step then you have to have that as a step the attachment you cannot really have the compliance, uh, you know, as part of your attachment. So attachment can go as the instructions. But let's say if you want to get the confirmation, whether users have really read it and they complied Mm -hmm. with it, that is something very hard to do unless that process is built as part of your workflow.
4: I am thinking like what, um, you know, you both were mentioning a little before, like some kind of certificates or even release notes that are really not part of the uh, bill of materials, if that's something that we want to add or probably just keep note of that, hey, this was added as part of this sales order and isn't necessarily part of what we do for all the orders, maybe this could be used for something like that.
3: Yeah, very very, po- yeah, very yeah, possible.
2: So here, this is how your text items are going to move through your production process. And these are, uh, this is, as you can see, this is the execution model. And the way execution model works is uh, this is going to be your sort of the production order uh, that is going to be the result of your uh, bomb that you are trying to release to your production floor. And here you are going to have all of those steps and then your tax based items are actually going to blow through uh, your operation. so it's actually going to be embedded as part of your bomb as opposed to having just an attachment as part of your uh, either material or uh, the the operation. Uh obviously you can do all of that as well, but this is actually it, it's really your POSA step the way it is structured as part of your, your bomb.
0: I could see some issues uh on that from an inventory inventory control perspective with how easy it is to add those as text items.
2: Exactly. That would be my concern as well, that let's say if you have a real inventory and you may have that in your inventory, but then since you have the flexibility, you can literally add something and then the cost is not going to be the same. So I can definitely relate with that because this is very loose. And this is why I personally don't like to have something without the part number. That's why you should always have the part number, even if you are going to be very engineered to order organization. But I can see why companies don't like to do that. Just because sometimes it's just too much admin effort for them. Go
0: ahead. Oh, go ahead, Snya.
4: No, I'm just just adding to that comment that I've run into so many issues when I have some indirect uh, items. So maybe some repair parts are added uh, just as notes. And we do not have a part number. And then no one is tracking the order of that. And then eventually, like, all that inventory issues happen uh, while for just as something as small as a piece of box, a cardboard item, or even like the fillers that you need for packaging. Something as small as that could actually run into issues, and us uh, be not being able to uh, send our sales order on time. But with
3: with a repair order, wouldn't you wouldn't you have like a, a repair job or something like that? Stian? We
4: we would we would. But for example, if there are some accessories repairs, uh, uh, say a repair kit that we want to send, and there is no part number. Uh, it, it Attached to that, because every repair kit could have different kind of uh, nuts, bolts uh, requirements in it. There could be notes added randomly during the order and then shipped out, and we have no track what happened. What
3: uh, happened? okay. So the tra- yeah, the tracking I completely understand. What when, when I ever make a mention about part numbers in ETO environment, I'm not suggesting there's no way to track the work or track the projects or track the jobs. You just don't have to track them through a part number, that's all. You can track by the job number, the work order, the customer, you know, pretty much any field in the system. You know, part numbers in your respect for a repair order, normally you would track it with a repair order number. If, But in your case, it didn't have one.
4: It didn't have one, yes. Yeah. We have run into issues with that.
2: Okay, guys, uh, so we are going to cover the comment from the audience, and uh, I think Ray is asking if I can read the name right here. Uh, He's asking, okay, what is the difference between Workday and SAP Business by Design in a project-centric business? So when you look at Workday, number one, Workday is a very enterprise product, meaning it is designed for very, very, very large organizations. And when I say very large organization, meaning you should be probably operating in 10 countries, meaning you should be Fortune 1000 That's how big the organization is, meaning you are probably going to be $1 billion plus in revenue. If you are using Workday for organizations that are going to be smaller than this, it might feel a little overkill depending upon how strong your HCM processes are, how sophisticated you are in your HCM uh, department. Now, Workday... Is not really an ERP to date, meaning it does. It's not really. It was never designed to be an ERP. Uh, it's more of the human capital management solution, uh, and they have grown their finance functionality as well. Uh, but it does not have the, the the bells and whistles that you are going to find in an ERP. Now, if you compare that with, with Business By Design, Business By Design is an ERP. It's going to be super poor in those HCM capabilities, even though they might claim that they have a lot of HR capabilities, but those are super basic. It's not designed to be your HCM system. So both of these systems, let's say if you're using both, they are probably going to be complementary and you need both if you are strong in both uh, of the departments. You will be running your finance, operations, your CRM, sales, uh, if you are using business by design for that, uh, and your HR is going to be running probably in workday and then they are going to be integrated, most likely through G. Uh, So that's how uh, they both compare. But Business by Design, if you're using Workday, most likely you should be on SAP S4 HANA. I don't know why you would be on SAP Business by Design (laughs) Uh, because the size of the product matters as as well. I don't know if anybody else, any other comments there? I'm actually going to move to the next one Uh, here. So this is the, again, the the production request. And in this particular case as well, you are going to see all of those text items that are blowing through your your production model. And which is, again, uh, you know, it's part of the entire bomb. So you can have that. I completely agree with you guys uh, that, you know, when you let it loose, you are going to have a lot of issues, but a lot of companies request this. So it's not that you have to use it. I would be careful in using the tax-based items, but the system is offering you the flexibility for the businesses that just don't want that admin effort in creating the part number. Uh, but I would I would definitely question the rational why you are not creating unless uh, you require a million parts and you, know, you just don't have uh, a way to create those inventory. And by the way, uh, nowadays, the way systems are designed, they are going to have really easy way of creating the parts. So creating the parts should not be as difficult in general. Uh, so uh, again, uh, I don't see a reason, but there might be businesses where uh, that could be applicable. Okay, so now let's look at the roadmap overall. And a lot of uh, you know people think that SAP Business By Design does not really have the commitment from SAP. So this is the roadmap that is coming from somewhere in 2022, uh, and this is what they are working on right now. This is just to give uh, you know uh, understand. The, the perspective where they are headed overall from the product direction perspective. So if you notice the kind of functionality that you are going to feel here, everything is going to be very deep into, okay, that's what they are focusing because it's a very strong financial product. And, you know, if you look at the kind of piece of functionality, we have not seen this anywhere else. For example, let's say you look at, you know, Japan. Now you are going to say that, you know what, I can support Japan. Uh, but in Japan as well, when you are complying with the regulations of that country, then you are going to have very specific, nuanced financial functionality that you are probably going to require. And what most companies do is when they are going to be present in 10 countries, they are probably going to be in 10 different ERP's. pieces. Uh, you know, that's how they like to operate. So there is not going to be any sort of integration, uh, even in, in very large companies they typically are going to be in very different DRP systems. So obviously you don't have that centralized control, you don't have that centralized visibility, and that is something you will get from SAP. Uh, and again, uh, if you're not as immigrated, then probably you don't have to worry about it, uh, but you are going to see very deep financial functionality where you can host all of your countries in one database without uh, requiring the uh, other uh, you know, product. And that's where this whole multi-legislation Functionality really shines. Um, now, SAP business by design is not the largest product overall. When we look at the country footprint, uh, I think they are probably present in 20 or maybe 30 countries. Uh, I don't remember the exact number, uh, but that will feel lower when you are going to compare this with, let's say, Info LN, Infor M3, uh, you know, some of the other products, such as maybe Microsoft Business Central, probably is. Localized and globalized in similar countries, it's probably going to feel lower than Odoo. Can you believe this? <laughs> okay, but Odoo is not going to have all of those legislation bells and whistles that SAP is going to have for the public sector organization, for the financially driven organization that are going to be really mature in their financial process. Um, so that's where the SAP Business By Design is really strong. And if you look at the functionality, everything is is very finance related. If you look at uh, you know some of the countries here they are saying in australia they require payment times reporting scheme which is very strange and unique to that country uh here then we are talking about in china they have the direct cash flow statement cash flow statement shows the changes in cash uh specific period uh seems like slightly different i guess overall from the way you would analyze cash flow here uh and that's why they probably have that uh then for india you have dynamic QR code creation for B2C invoices. <laughs> now, that's a process that, you know, a lot of countries are very advanced overall in their finance process. They all are using QR code already, okay? North America may not be as ahead. <laughs> so you need all of that for, for those countries. Um, what else am I missing here? There are some, uh, you know, finance compliance issues when you, let's say, are utilizing your electrical course and there might be some financial benefit there uh, in terms of the reporting. And that's why you have that financial proof. Now you are not gonna find all of this. Typically, this is going to be your manual proof that you have to do and you have to create that manual report or it is going to be a custom report. Uh, And again, depending upon how sophisticated you are in your financial process and what kind of data do you need to be able to support those processes, that's where SAP really shines. Now, if you actually look at the the other slide and this is the partner add-ons. So the way SAP likes to position these products is most of the operational functionality, even the basic one, that is built by partners, okay? That's going to be a shock for you. So some of these things are really basic okay you are going to find in systems such as global shop <laughs> or uh, you know and then people are going to be comparing okay my global shop has so much functionality sap does not have that so how does that work so obviously these products when they are designed for just one site one entity they are going to be operationally very strong they are going to have very deep operational functionality but they are not really designed for those global organizations so here things like customer and vendor portal that pretty much every single ERP has, but SAP does not have that. Uh, you know that is provided by your partners because again, uh, you know SAP is providing you the core financial backbone, financial control, and then they want either partners to build the operational add-on or uh, you know you are, you need to do it yourself, and which could be a risk. Let's say if you are just one size company and you don't really require the the global bells and whistles, and you are buying an ERP just to run your plant, probably this is not a right fit. Uh, you know, this is where you need to assess where your process maturity is, whether you are stronger in your finance department or are you really strong in your operational department and you are just single site and you don't really need all of that finance, finance and results, then SAP is probably not a right fit, even these smaller products. So even if you talk about SAP Business One or SAP Business by Design, they don't have the depth in the operational function. And that's a challenge for a lot of uh, people. And they think that if you go to SAP, they are going to get everything. No, you are not going to get everything because SAP is designed from very different perspectives. It is designed from the global financially controlled organization you are going to get very rich finance functionality but you are not going to get as much operational functionality that your manufacturing distribution retail organizations are going to require here uh, some of the things such as and they have uh, the localization and typically this is the trend that you are going to see with the other erp system for example the countries that are not going to be as popular sri lanka you know they have the localization built by a partner if you go to microsoft microsoft is probably going to do the same they are going to be providing the localization maybe in 35 countries, 36 countries, uh, you know, as part of your Microsoft FNO, and the other countries are going to be supported by the the partners. Uh, things such as equipment rental, <laughs> you know, quality inspection that is provided by the partners because the uh, the quality that is going to be provided out of the box that is typically not enough for your uh, manufacturing organization. You have things such as rental, bank reconciliation. You have project manufacturing. Can you believe this Uh, by in-cloud solutions? Because you have very deep project management functionality, but you are probably going to struggle with the manufacturing aspect because when you get into the depth of manufacturing, it does not really have that. Um, So depending upon what kind of organization are you, are you very strong in the project management or are you very strong in manufacturing? That's where you need to assess, okay, what is your critical success factor? If you are a very deep manufacturing organization, that's not the right product. If you are a very strong project management, Organization. This is a perfect product. Okay. Uh, now we are talking about sales price calculation. Uh, then we have Shopify integration. That is very common. Some of the ERP systems are going to offer this uh, out of the box. Uh, but uh, SAP definitely you are not going to get. You are not going to get WMS. Uh, you know that's not going to be provided out of the box. Uh, you are probably going to be using the add-on now a lot of people wonder <clears throat> how large is the footprint for <coughs> excuse me sap business by design and if you look at the number of installations for sap business by design as of 2021 they are claiming roughly 11 to 12 uh, you know companies with unique tax id and they are being very clear here companies with unique tax id even this could mean a lot of different things and typically the way companies report is sometimes they are reporting entities Sometimes they are reporting the actual company. Sometimes they are reporting just the number of users. Even for these smaller companies, we have seen that, that they say that I have 8,000 customers. What they really mean is I have 8,000 users. So you need to be really careful (laughs) when they say what that customer means. So just by looking at the number does not mean a lot. But here they are saying companies with unique tax ID, most likely these are going to be entities so let's say if you have five different entities in five different companies, that is probably counted as uh, the unique tax ID because they all are going to have unique data. But again, if you look at purely by number, this probably has the smaller, sorry, larger footprint than your Acumatica. Uh, Acumatica is probably roughly around that. It's definitely smaller than NetSuite. So that's your uh, you know comparison right there. That product is very well penetrated. It's just not as well known uh, because, you know... Uh, It's part of a very large organization where it does not get as much attention.
0: I was just going to say, Sam, I think one of the staggering facts on there, at least it it kind of threw me for a loop, was the the software solution partners with 8,933 add-on solutions. I mean, if that if that isn't confusing in terms of being able to to keep up on, you know, what add-ons may need to be uh, included in your implementation and also maintained.
2: Um, so the challenge with SAP is, and honestly speaking, SAP is probably not going to have as big a marketplace as you are going to find this with Microsoft or next week to be And the reason why they are trying to position their number is because now they have to compete with companies like Microsoft and NetSuite, which have far bigger marketplaces. And obviously you are right that it could get very confusing, okay? How to patch all of these add-ons together and how are they going to work with each other? Extremely, extremely, extremely confusing. So I don't know why there is a race for these add-ons. They typically cause a lot more trouble than they help. Uh, But sure, I mean, that does speak something that, okay, When you need some options, let's say if you are already on the product and now you are looking for added functionality, you can at least get that. So add-ons are not always bad. They have a place, uh, but they should not be driver for your ERP selection. What does the
3: top right mean, Sam, this chart where it starts with FinDocker financial documents at 1.18 and goes down to time recording at 106 million? What does that represent?
2: So these are going to be, so financial documents is going to be your ARAP invoices, sales orders are going to be number of sales orders. So they are trying to position how much they are processing as of today. So that speaks for something in terms of how large these customers are, what volume are they pulling? And that's what they are trying to show that their growth is roughly 33% for the financial document. For sales orders, they have 20% growth, Uh, 50 million sales orders is, is a big deal. Um, you know, if you look at the average order value of those sales orders, let's say $1,000, that's a big number right there. Um, uh, you know, then we have the 40% growth in number of projects, 2.64 million projects. which is a big, So it's definitely the size is, is big overall. Uh, it might not have as large number in terms of the, the customers, but the number of customers that are going to be utilizing these products are going to be far bigger in general. Okay, um, so I am going to open up for the commentary now um, for you guys.
4: I was just going to say, uh, Sam, uh, to the previous slide about add-ons, like add-ons are not always very bad and it can actually help you customize, especially in the cases when you said that, you know, if I have something as big as SAP implemented, and it's not easy to switch uh, from what you have had to next. So add-ons uh, can definitely help there. But eight thousand, and actually, it's the number is even more. I think in tens of thousands for Microsoft, where it can um, get very, very confusing on what exactly is suitable for me. Uh, and they definitely need need help. Um, especially the companies might need help to know which ones uh, make the most sense for them. I,
0: I think and, the and challenge.
3: Got... Oh, sorry, sorry. Go ahead.
0: No, I was just going to add to that, Mm -hmm. Uh, Stan. I mean, from my perspective, the challenge with it really is, uh, you know, to your earlier point about. Yeah, you can't just switch your system if you need some additional functionality, but you also have that same problem if you implement one of those add-ons and it's not been well maintained or, you know, you find that functionality works perfect. And then all of a sudden it comes out of, you know, out of date with the next release and it's not being updated. So you can get to my point is you can get yourself into the same type of um you know bad situation uh when you're when you're when you're patching and and having to rely on those
4: absolutely and customer service becomes the biggest pain point there yeah absolutely yeah yeah that's what i was going
0: to mention is that it depends
3: on the partner you're dealing with and if they have experience with those add-ons because if they don't then you're reliant on somebody else and then you're up you're up open to the finger pointing and all that thing but i'll tell you the thing that I really dislike about add-ons the most, and, and and maybe it's because I've been in the business for so long, but these are independent companies that develop these. And they are possible up for sale. And if that comp- that add-on is purchased by a competing product, it won't integrate with what you have anymore. And I've seen that happen. So That's, there's, all, there's all obviously pros with, with uh, add-ons, but there is cons. You have to be aware. Very- mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, the only other thing that I would add, just uh, doing some, I wasn't familiar with this uh, solution either. So when I was taking a look at uh, both the deck and and the uh, resources available online, I mean, there's definitely a a bunch of depth when it comes to the to the multi country compared to some of the other solutions that we've seen, uh, and that's pretty apparent to see. And and the other thing that was really apparent. Um, one of the places I've kind of learned by participating in, in this, uh, in these sessions is, you know, taking a look at the, the the case studies that they have. And it's very clear to see when you start to dig into the case studies, you know, where this product is going to be a fit. Uh, we talked about it earlier, so no need to kind of rehash that. But uh, it's very apparent as as you're doing due diligence with these uh, different products. If you start there and take a look to say, you know, are these companies like my company? If there are, and there's a lot more of those user case reviews than you know some something else. Like for example, in manufacturing, in this in this particular, and uh, it's probably a, a you know a solution to take a deeper look at.
2: Okay, I can take some more short comments and then we need to close, I guess.
3: It, it's very apparent how strong it is from a financial multi-company perspective and as, and for project management. Obviously, very strong in both those areas.
4: Project management definitely stood out for me and uh, financial uh, capability is something that, you know, SAP is, has been traditionally very strong um, about was definitely lacks some core manufacturing operational modules uh, like scheduling and things like that. But it was a a very helpful session for me. I absolutely enjoyed this.
2: All right, guys. So that's a wrap. And if you joined for the first time, this was part of our industry series for which we meet every Tuesday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern. We pick one vendor or the solution. So make sure you are going to be here next week. We are going to be here with another vendor or the solution. On that note, thanks everybody for your time and insights. Thank you very much, everybody. Thanks, everybody. I cannot thank our guests enough for coming on the show, for sharing their knowledge and journey. I always pick up learnings from our guests, and hopefully you learned something new today. If you want to learn more about Dave Chrysler, head over to the Club. It's T-H-E-C-R-Y-S-L-E-R dot C-L-U-B. If you want to learn more about Andy Pratico, head over to essoft.com. It's E S S O F T. Dot com. If you want to learn more about Sneha Kumari, follow and connect with her on LinkedIn. Links and more information will also be available in the show notes. If anything in this podcast resonated with you and your business, you might want to check other related episodes, including the interview with Andy Pradiko, who discusses why ERP demos are designed to deceive and why ERP salespeople are more incentivized to sell their products then the success of their customers. Also, the interview with Rich Said, who describes his journey and pitfalls of implementing six ERP projects throughout his career. Also, don't forget to subscribe and spread the word among folks with similar backgrounds. If you have any questions or comments about the show, please review and rate us on your favorite podcasting platform or DM me on any social channels. I'll try my best to respond personally and make sure you get help.